Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio, the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. I've had the hiccups since last July, and I'm getting the medical procedure done the end of this week to try to remedy it. But I'm busy at the hospital sitting up with doctors poking me and shining lights down my throat and probing me every way they can to find out why I got these hiccups. So Have we figured it out? Hell no. I have done everything. It scare me, drink water upside down, smell the ass of a porcupine. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. That's maybe the greatest athlete of all time, Bo Jackson, who's had oh, hiccups wow. for dang near a year. Wow. I was about to say Bo doesn't know standing on his head with his spoon in his mouth, but apparently he's tried everything. <laughs> that what about the porcupine was that was a new one on me. <laughs> Rather earthy. <laughs> I want to talk about the Trump town hall coming up a little bit and uh whether or not it should be covered, whether or not CNN should have put him on. I'm a one hundred percent yes, it's newsworthy. But boy, a lot of uh, center left people are not. So what was that you said earlier today about you there should be a book on what happened previous to it? There should be oh. a book on the actual town hall and then a book on the reactions. Yeah, I think it's so huge for for the moment we're in politically in this country about populism and media coverage and um, uh, what a negative polarization, which is basically the as long as the other side's for it, I'm against it. Doesn't really matter anything mm-hmm. else. Um, 
all that stuff is really interesting. Anywho, before we get to the new pot and the psychosis, suicidal thoughts, and scream vomiting that it can cause. That's right, I said scream vomiting. Wow. I've never done that, I don't think. Well, you haven't smoked enough of the new pot, apparently. Um, Scrumiting. So we are talking a little bit about vaping earlier, and I was just saying that I need to get more up to speed on it because I got a kid who's entered the teenage years, and it's time I know what is out there. Because I've, I've heard of vaping, but I didn't really know what it was. Anyway, we had a conversation about that. We got this text. In addition to being a small business owner, I have subjected myself to being a youth pastor for the last 13 years. Good for you. Um, with vaping, students are smoking way more than they ever did with cigarettes because of the convenience and the concealment. Uh. Popcorn lung is a vaping side effect that sets on for, far earlier than long-term smoking side effects. I would say 90% of my students that vape are vaping THC. Wow. And there's also wax pens, which is another way of smoking that's popular with the youths. I don't know about this stuff. Wow. So concealment is handy. Okay. That makes perfect sense. Wow. So among the youngsters, it's 90% THC, he says. How interesting. Uh, Read this piece in, uh, well, it was Fox News, but it was an editorial written by Kevin Sabat. Uh, PhD, who is, what is his credential exactly? Um, the president of, uh, an organization, Smart Approaches to Marijuana, former three-time White House drug policy advisor and adjunct professor at Yale University. And I thought it was a very serious piece, very seriously written and made an impression on me. So. Uh, he writes, the data is in, and it's become increasingly clear that the impacts of co- the commercial marijuana industry are even worse than we thought, particularly for America's young people. A new report released by uh, his organization shows the reality in pot legal states that paints a vastly different picture than the common sales pitch of the industry and supporters of legalization. The marijuana industry, which spent billions to lobby elected officials and bankroll legalization referendum campaigns, is following the playbook pioneered by Big Tobacco. They recognize that the road to big profits runs through the heaviest users. As such, they have increased potency of the drug by more than four times since 1998, hoping to hook kids while they're young and vulnerable. And the numbers show it's working. National Institute on Drug Abuse warned... Uh, past year, past month, and daily marijuana use, which is 20 or more occasions in the past 30 days, have reached the highest levels ever recorded among people aged 19 to 30. And the percentage of 8th, 10th, and 12th graders who use marijuana daily has more than tripled between 1991 and 2020. Now, I feel like this runs counter to so many other stats we've seen over the last however many years about young people... Drinking less, smoking pot less, having sex less, just all kinds of different things. It, I have never heard smoking pot less. Um, Why it runs counter to those other trends, I can't, I don't know. Well, and then how much of it would be, I feel like Sean would be saying this if he were here. Nobody was going to answer that question honestly, previous to it being legal, previous to the current mood about it. Fair enough. Fair criticism. Uh, let's see. He goes on to write, daily marijuana use is indicative of a marijuana use disorder, also known as addiction to marijuana. For all the talk about how pot is not addictive in 2021, 1.3 million individuals between the ages of 12 and 17 had a marijuana use disorder, accounting for more than 46% of users in that age group. So about half of teenagers who smoke pot at all smoked it every day. 
legalization also associated with a 25% increase in marijuana use disorder among them as well. Uh, the self-reporting part of it, the being honest uh, uh, part of it, that's the grain of salt to take these numbers with. But I still think it's pretty, uh, pretty important. Well, it only makes sense that if a certain percentage of young people are interested in smoking pot before, now you don't have to know a criminal. You don't have to. There's all kinds of things that you don't, um, uh, barriers to entry that, that aren't there anymore. Well, and just, you know, in my youth, if my parents had busted me with a beer, that was different than busting me with pot because the second one is illegal. I was breaking the law. You know, I get it. Underage drinking is illegal, but it's different. I think we all understand right. and, that. Well, yeah, and again, and you're not hanging around with people like you always say about drug dealers. You know, your your drug dealer might be like just kind of a regular guy in your dorm, but he knows a really bad guy, and that guy knows a guy who cuts people's heads off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how quickly you get there, and th- that would never occurred with beer. Well, now it doesn't have to occur with pot if you're buying legal pot. Although the uh, the illegal uh, market for pot has hardly declined in iota, especially yeah. in high regulation states like California. I wonder if, like, if your average high school kid, if they're smoking pot, if that came legally or what? Uh, all those people at the so every time I drive by a dispensary, there's a line, and I always think, God, can't you not hire more people to keep the lines down? I mean, there's always a line, literally out the door onto the lawn. Every time I drive by. But are all those people just buying for themselves, or are they selling it to people who want it? Uh, I, probably not, because that's the most expensive way to buy pot. Mm. You can get it much, much more cheaply uh, from your dealer. Uh, anyway, those supporters of legalization like to downplay the risks of marijuana. The drug costs more than 70,000 individuals younger than 18 to have marijuana-related emergency department visits in 2021. More than 70,000. The industry told parents and politicians they would not target kids. That's turned out to be false. From pot tarts to stony patch kids, the packaging of edibles laced with high-potency THC often looks like traditional stack snacks. Not surprisingly, between 2017 and 21, there was a 1,400% increase in at-home exposure to marijuana edibles involving children younger than six. So I would point out that while I am not bothered by the fact that pot is now legal, it does seem that everything us right-wingers said about your arguments has turned out to be true. I would say that's largely correct, yeah. Yeah. couple more stats. In 2021, uh, almost 11 million people admitted to driving under the influence of marijuana, including uh, about one and a half million who are between the ages of 16 and 20. There were two and a half times more minors on the road under the influence of marijuana than were under the influence of alcohol. Uh, minors have also gravitated toward marijuana vapes. Uh, between 2017 and 20, uh, the percentage of 12th graders who vape marijuana increased from 9.5% to 22%. Among 10th graders, it went from 8% to 19%. One more. And among 8th graders, it increased from 3% to 8%. Huh. So... Here's something I have no idea of. All f- things being equal, and it might take a few years or a generation to get there, because pot still does have at least some of a stigma for having been uh, illegal for so long. Um, when that's completely gone, and it, it, there's no stigma to pot whatsoever, and maybe there isn't with young people already. Um, uh, uh, all things being equal, do you think the average... 16-year-old who wants to check out would prefer pot or booze? 
Or they, or is that, hot. or is it completely different? Is it like, you know, ice cream or pie? Like they're not the same thing. Um, I, I think they would choose pot because, um, you don't have to urinate. Well, yeah, that's it. The frequent urination is such a drag. No, it's a, it's, it makes you high in a way that alcohol doesn't. Alcohol is lovely. I'm a fan. Um, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> but as, as a youngster, um, I, I just, they'd prefer to get high from hmm. what I've observed. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's uh, interesting. Although, you know, it, it, the, your results may vary. I want to make clear uh, for folks who don't know, I was never like a fundamentalist anti-pot uh, guy. I smoked pot as a younger person. It never did me any good. Um, I enjoyed it, uh, but I don't look back on it and think, boy, that was a good idea. You know, one thing I realized that I, I said to my kids, um, kids, particularly my more social kids, is... If you have like drinking buddies or pot smoking buddies, their friend is the pot. It's not you. You. As soon as you stop smoking pot, they're not going to be your friends anymore. Oh, I got. I can tell you stories about that. I mean, so many people I hang hung around back when I drank that ended one hundred percent when I quit drinking. Mm-hmm. And yeah. If you want to smoke a little, that's fine with me. If you use it responsibly, that's none of my business. I'm a libertarian to my core. Um, I'm just worried about the kids. Right. Every day in America, we lose the lives of 22 warriors. And it's not from physical injuries. It's from hopelessness, invisible scars, feeling that they walk, walk this world alone. And we need to stop this epidemic now. Yeah, $22 a month. The early intervention is the key, and you can do that for the $22. Your donation will create an environment for success by providing warriors with access to transitional housing before receiving their medical discharge. We're talking about Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, which changes the lives of our nation's ill and injured warriors. It includes wellness programs, career services, critical resources uh, they need for a bright future. Freedom Station residents find a loving place in which to live, learn, grow, heal, and successfully move on to the next chapter of our lives. And we owe them this. And there are countless success stories, too, really inspiring. Visit warriorfoundation.org. Donate $22 a month. They're extremely responsible with your money, as you've heard us talk about through the years. Now, get this website right. Don't go for the other one. It's warriorfoundation.org. Warriorfoundation.org. How about scrumming? Scream vomiting. I prefer not to. That sounds, you know, messy. Here's an emergency physician in Colorado that says scrometing cases were rare several years ago. Now she's seeing one scrometing case a day because of the high potency of THC in your pot now. Scrometing, of course, is shorthand for scream vomiting, a condition that inflicts patients who use marijuana with a high concentration of blah, blah, blah. I think you can guess what happens here? The condition is what it sounds like. Screaming from nausea and vomiting at the same time. Scrometing. Whoa. So it used to be wow. almost never you'd get scrometing. Now it's Put them daily. in a room with high gloss paint, if you know what I'm saying. Daily they get scrometing cases because the THC is so potent. Wow. So that's the other thing that gets lost in the conversation all the time from your hippies is that it ain't the same thing. All right. It yeah. ain't your father's yeah. pot. It ain't your uh, summer of love grandfather's pot. It's a different thing. Scrommet sounds like a beloved childhood game where you roll a die, then move six spaces, and then make the other guy go backwards. Oh, or it's not. Like that, it's completely different than that. <laughs> so different. Wow. <laughs> scrommeting. Daily scrommeting. 
demographic movement around the United States. Uh, first of all, not shockingly, the California exodus to other states is even worse than uh, was previously realized, according to the California Globe. State's population dropped more than fi- by more than 500,000 people between April 2020 and July 2022, with the number of residents leaving surpassing those moving in by nearly 700,000, according to the uh, the Globe, etc., etc. There are some confusing numbers here, overlaps and, and net... Uh, losses and in different time periods but um now the latest irs state-by-state migration data on tax returns filed in 2020 and 2021 reveal who and how many residents move from one state to another uh california's net loss totals uh, more than 332,000 residents during that time period more than any other state taking 29 billion dollars in tax revenue with them yeah i was to other places i've been wondering for a long time the uh I, I gotta believe it's mostly the upper end of your tax base that's leaving California, and that's gonna hurt a whole bunch of your plans for, you know, free healthcare for illegals and flying in people who want abortions from other states and all these different pie in the sky things. Yeah, I, I wonder about that. I, I know a lot of working class people leave because they just can't afford it anymore. And I suppose there are a number of high earners who just don't want to pay the taxes. But uh, I, I haven't seen those numbers. It's interesting question. Uh, New York and Illinois bled residents as well. New York's net loss was 262000 Illinois' net loss was 105000 What do those three states have in common? I mean, you have... Surfing. Exactly. The surfing, I grew up in Chicagoland. The surfing on Lake Michigan is the best. Um, you have the West Coast, the East Coast, and the middle of the country. So it ain't that. You've got one of the best climates in America, in California. You've got New York, which is very, very wintry. And you got Illinois, which is pretty wintry. It's not that. Uh, Florida? Texas, North Carolina, and South Carolina were the biggest winners. Hmm, boy, I just, I can't, I can't draw any conclusions from those states. Are you kidding me? I give up. I can't, what, I, I don't get it. What's, uh, you know, what's the relationship there? Worth noting that in 2018, California was one of the top inbound destinations states, according to Allied Van Lines, which collects data on all this because they need to know where to have trucks. Uh, by 2020, only two years later, California's inbound migration was 40%, while its outbound migration was nearly 60%. I wonder if that was people trying to get in on the, uh, you know, the tech boom. I wonder. Uh, they mentioned that, um, blah, 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 which leads us to California's bleeding residents and businesses today. COVID lockdowns, school and business closures, anyone? I think that was part of it. How about hobos everywhere? Yeah. Here's another group that analyzes the IRS data found Florida was the biggest winner in adjusted gross income. Uh, they uh, ended up with $40 million more, 5.5% increase. In California, Los Angeles and San Francisco counties lost the most residents. Uh, no surprises, L.A. and San Francisco had the harshest, most draconian COVID restrictions, masking, lockdowns, school closures, and vaccine mandates. Also, the most crime. Yeah. Los Angeles, Brooklyn. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Wall Street Journal with an editorial the other day, very powerful, very well put together. It outlines some horrifying cases from L.A. to New York City where people were murdered, maimed, uh, just terribly assaulted by people with long histories of mental illness living on the streets. In New York, uh, the perpetrator of one horrible crime who, who pushed somebody onto the subway tracks, killing her instantly, he'd warned a psychiatrist during one of his many hospitalizations of his intention to commit that very crime. Said repeatedly, I'm going to push somebody in front of the subway. Unfreaking believable. Then they get into the Jordan Neely case. He was the homeless schizophrenic guy who died of the chokehold. After he'd smashed an old woman's face up, et cetera. Enough, enough horror. But they point out that these cases highlight the failures of a mental health system that allow people to slip through the cracks. I would say it slips, the cracks are so wide, there's, there's like nothing that's not cracks. 
Anyway, on an average night, according to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, you got close to 600,000 people in the country who are more or less homeless. About 20% of those deal with severe mental illness. So that looks like about 120,000 people with severe mental illness on the streets. 120,000. That's a lot. And then they go into some unnecessary going back and forth about what's the connection between mental illness and crime doesn't matter. Uh, but if Jordan Neely or any of the others had been born a generation or two earlier, they probably would not have wound up on the streets. There was an alternative back then, state psychiatric, psychiatric hospitals, properly known as asylums. Massive, architecturally imposing, often set on beautiful acreage. They housed close to 600,000 patients in the, by the 1950s. So when do, yeah, I was trying to nail down the time period for all this. Middle 20th century. Okay. But I'm, uh, well, like I'll, the middle third. I'll save my critique for when you're done here. Okay. So uh, that totaled half the nation's hospital population. Today, that Whoa. number has gone from 600,000. The country's hospital population was in mental hospitals. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Today, instead of six hundred thousand, we have forty-five thousand and falling nationwide. You, yes, we said in the in the lead up to this. Well, we have mental hospitals, but blah blah blah. We have almost no, no. That's that's inaccurate. I mean, if if we have forty thousand people. In the, Forty-five in mm-hmm. the whole country, and we basically don't have mental hospitals. Yeah, I mean, because what is yeah. our population? Two and a half times, three times what it was in the fifties. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's unbelievable. Keeping in mind now, asylums were created for humane ends. The very name implies refuge for those in distress. The idea was to separate the mentally ill who were innocently afflicted from the criminals and prostitutes who were then commonly referred to as the unworthy poor. Asylums were popular because they provided treatment in isolated settings far from temptation, stresses, the street, etc. They were pleasant. Have you seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest? It seems just wonderful. Uh, fictional. Uh, while relieving families that are most burdensome members. Now, again, there there are subtleties to this. So this is all written. Relieving families of their most burdensome members. Yeah, well, it's accurate. Oh, it's absolutely accurate. Yeah, but don't worry. They get into cons as well as pros. But back in the day, insanity was a pretty wide net. Your typical asylum included patients who were suffering from alcoholism, wow. dementia. Dementia, depression, epilepsy, which, of course, is ridiculous, um, as well as uh, s- such now-defunct diagnoses as lunacy and melancholia. I don't know. I know a number of people who suffer from lunacy. <laughs> uh, the usual stay was marked in years, not months, et cetera. Um, over time, the number of institutionalized patients far outpaced the state's willingness to support, to support them. Funding and oversight disappeared, and that's when... The, the, the asylums turned into, at least to a, a significant extent, something pretty ugly. Uh, neglect, uh, lobotomies, electric shock, solitary confinement. It, it went bad. Chief grabs a water cooler and throws it through the window. That is a 55-year-old reference. It's one of the most famous movies of all time. Oh, no, I'm not saying it's a bad reference. I'm just thinking about how long ago that movie came out. And it came out, well, it was after, based on the book, but it was to point mm-hmm. out, one, we're talking about One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, we're pointing, yeah. it was to point out what you were just discussing about where mm-hmm. a lot of mental institutions ended up. And it was necessary, and a great piece of activist art, really.
But like the Three Mile Island movie, it might have had more influence than it should have. Mm. So I know you're at least somewhat familiar with this stuff, Jack, but Thorazine came out in 1955. Brand new drug. It was the wonder drug, the psychiatric equivalent of antibiotics and the polo vaccine combined. Fantastic. Why keep patients locked away in sadistic institutions? They could be successfully medicated close to home and everybody will be fine. Coincident with Thorazine was a dramatic assault upon traditional psychiatry, which was led by critics such as Michael or Michel Foucault. Is that how you pronounce the name? Foucault, who's one of the leaders of critical theory. And this Thomas Zaz, who was also one of those radicals. And they said asylums existed to enslave those who ignored society's norms. They're just quirky. They're just different, and you're enslaving them for it. Plus, if anybody is crazy, we got the Thorazine. You got to turn them loose. And then President Kennedy signed the Community Mental Health Act in October of 1963. It's actually the last uh, law he he ever signed, I believe. Um, It aimed to demolish the asylums in favor of 1,500 local clinics where patients could receive the drugs and therapies they needed. I'm looking at the clock. we got to skip a little bit and summarize. The myth that, quote-unquote, Reagan closed the mental hospitals and turned the people on the street is utterly dishonest. There was a federal law closing them and saying, instead, we're going to have these 1,500 local clinics across the country. People get the Thorazine, the therapies they needed. It's going to be great. Well, and it was being pushed hardcore from the left that yes, mental it, hospitals were It was almost entirely yeah. a, a progressive policy. Yeah. Closing the asylums was the easy part. Getting people to accept a mental health clinic next to the local church or elementary school proved a much tougher sell. And it turns out Thorazine had a lot of nasty side effects. And because it was so tough to find places to put these things, Congress and local legislatures kind of said, yeah, um, never mind. Never funded the community clinics. So the... Mentally ill were turned loose on the streets, and nobody knew quite what to do about it because any argument to reestablish the mental asylums ran into the op- the uh, objection that they had been horrible in 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 some cases, not exclusively horrible, but they are extremely flawed institutions. Well, do you think they can be done in a non horrible way? Yes, yeah, I do. Uh, any human endeavor is going to be imperfect, and there will be problems. Some of them heartbreaking and sickening. And this will not be easy. It'll be the the, well, uh, the opposite of easy. Here's why I don't think it'll work. The legal landscape is so different today than it was back in the 50s. Your ability to get stuck in one of these mental institutions and then find some lawyer who is going to tie the hospital into knots and bleed them dry of money, every single patient, didn't exist back in the day. In our current legalistic society... There's no good ambulance chasers will have a new business. It's getting people out of mental institutions and or suing them for false imprisonment, right, uh, right, abuse. Right. And you'll and you'll there'll just be so many cases you can't operate. How would you get around that problem? Well, there I have two answers and they're kind of opposed. Number one, you have to figure that out because the current situation is unsustainable and horrible 
Congress would have to pass indemnity laws. It's it's like the, to my mind, excessive laws granting, um, what's the term for the immunity for government officials, including cops, that goes too far? It would have to be something like that, but it would be very, very difficult. You're you're absolutely right about that. So my second answer is, if you're right, you may be. We're such a diseased society, we deserve to collapse. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I made my point. Well, they point out in the Wall Street Journal editorial, which is quite long, but it's it's brilliantly written. The enormous vacuum created by deinstitutionalization has been a calamity for both the mentally ill and society at large. The role once occupied by the asylum has been transferred to inst- perhaps to the institutions perhaps least able to deal with mental health issues, prisons and jails. All right, it's horrible the way we're doing it currently. But like I said last hour, I walk by half dozen people every single day of my life. That probably should be a mental institution. But if one mm-hmm. of those people has a lawyer that could convince a jury that they shouldn't have been locked up in there, the place is done. You're right. They'd That's award, a hell of a challenge. They would award them like $75 million because you you know, you know took away their freedom. That'd be the end of it. Mm, I'm not unless trying to, they deal with it legislatively. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to be a, a, a can't do. There's no point in trying to fix it. But you got that is the biggest stumbling block to the whole thing. You're right. right. Absolutely right. That is the hurdle that must be left. Finally, a trivia question. Can you name the nation's three largest mental health facilities? Bellevue. Number one, the Los Angeles. Oh, or two. Good one. Cook. Cook County Jail in Chicago. I get it. Number three, Rikers Island in New York City. That's a good one. The jail. It's sickening. But the ACLU says you can't have mental hospitals with lots of people in them because they might you know, not have their rights. They're dying on the streets, you lunatics. Well, the biggest, Speaking of lunacy. The biggest mental health facility in, for instance, whatever town you live in might be Broadway. It might be whatever overpass. Yeah, yeah, and that's better. That's no way to run a society. The Armstrong and Getty. What in God's name? It's 100 on the crazy meter. Well, that bad, it can't care. Man, that makes my soul bleed. That's insane. It's a little too much donkey talk. Unacceptable! The reality is, is... Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. Uh, okay. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. 
That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Armstrong and Getty Show. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show, and for those not in the know, Armstrong and Getty On Demand is the podcast version of our daily radio show. So even if you miss one single minute of the Armstrong and Getty broadcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand is there for you. We can promise it will provide you with hours of entertainment and information, something we call information. Is that trademarked? Copyrighted? It should be. Last night, I took the kids to the farmer's market in my little bird. Maybe you have one of these in your town, and they sell... You know, food and drink, and there's a marginal band playing in the corner. And I've been in some of those. I have myself, um, and that sort of thing going on. Lots of people about, and kids running around, and it's a good time had by all. But we uh, we went and we got some food. Really uh, trying to teach my kids up on uh, on you know going up to the booths and dealing with the thing by themselves, asking for the food, handling the money, figuring the whole thing out. Which mm-hmm. one does much better than the other? It's interesting. It's a personality thing. Yeah. So, so for some people, walking up to buy something is just a nothing. Okay. To some people, it's a oh geez, do I have to? Can I do it next time? You know, just something about and and I think that's a modern thing. To a certain extent, we've talked about that a lot. Young people who can't order a pizza because there's nobody there. They have to draw straws for who's going to make the phone call. Yeah, because it's scary to interact with somebody one-to-one. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Anyway, um, lots of booths there. Also, some uh, Jesus stuff, some green energy stuff, some political stuff. And then a guy with a really big booth, uh, the, the Earth is Flat booth, which I originally thought was... Probably a joke because I've seen a bunch of those where it's a joke. You know, it's a tongue in cheek joke. And I was actually, I want to buy a t shirt because I think the t shirts are hilarious. You know, the earth is flat. Don't trust the government. That sort of thing. I find hilarious. This guy was completely serious. 
Wow. Or he certainly seemed to be. If it was an act, it was a really good act. And I don't know what it was for if it was an act because he wasn't selling anything. It would seem that he paid the money to have booth space just so he could get the word out that the earth is flat and, you know, save mankind from this ruse that has been perpetrated upon us. Because he wasn't selling anything. There wasn't anything to gain for him. And he... Well, referring back to the loneliness thing, they say living a life of purpose is one of the main ways to be happy. That guy's probably pretty happy. He looked very Although he's concerned. unhappy, nobody believes him. Yeah, he was very concerned. He had many, many photos of the Earth and the moon and the ocean and various diagrams and see how the government is lying to you about this and that and that sort of stuff. And my, my kids were fairly entertained. I mean, they they kept a straight face while we were there listening to the guy a little bit and uh, and looking over his brochures and we walked away and then they were like, and I did want to go up to the guy and say, hey, birds, am I right? See if I can get him going down that road. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, so Henry, my youngest, my 11-year-old, went back over to the booth because he wanted to look the stuff over a little bit. And the guy came around to the other side of the table and started talking to him. And my other son and I, we're way over and we're watching this from a distance. And Henry's just nodding his head and lots of this and putting his hand on his chin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he, did a, he did a really good job. I mean, so that's he, beautiful. Then he turned around, and he comes back and his face is red and he's like biting his lip. <laughs> he runs back. Oh, my God, Dad. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered with you flat earth people, what's happening on the other side? Are there like secret sex clubs that the Illuminati have and us stupid mortals on the inhabited side of the earth? We don't know about it. Yeah, I would. So I got into a conversation with somebody else last night about the whole conspiracy theory type person and the personality. And I just it's fascinating to me. And maybe I'll talk about that more later, because that's its own interesting thing. Why some people gravitate toward those sorts of things. And you seem to either do or you don't. If you're a flat earther, you're probably a chemtrails person. You're probably school shootings are staged. You're probably a bunch of different things. Right. Isn't that your experience? Oh, yeah, yeah, 9-11 truther, et yeah, cetera. They come yeah. together in groups. But another odd thing that happened to us, so we're, so we're, so we're standing there eating and or having something to drink or having a cookie or a, 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 a churro. Um, and this guy kind of walks around. He had sunglasses on, so I couldn't tell if he was looking at us specifically, but he walks around kind of a stocky guy, a little overweight, probably about 28 years old, black T-shirt, black jeans. He's got a backpack on, and he kind of stands a little off in front of us, and then he starts shuffling back and forth with his legs going farther apart. And then it becomes clear he's doing the splits. And he goes wow. all, and he goes all the way down to the ground. And not the oh. sideways splits, which are easier to do, but the you know, both feet point in the same direction splits, which are really hard to do. And this kind of chunky, stocky dude goes all the way down to the ground. Then he then he reaches into his backpack behind him and pulls out a can <laughs> like like you'd have pork you could in give me a hundred guesses what's going to happen next and i can't imagine and we're we're looking at him and it looks like he's staring at us but he's got sunglasses on so he might not have been but right and there's people everywhere walking around i mean this is not a place where you just sit down on the ground or people milling about and so he just goes all the way to, down to the ground with his splits he reaches over his shoulder into his backpack he pulls out a can he opens the can and he pulls out eggs <laughs> and he starts eating these like hard look to be hard-boiled eggs yeah you could have given me 300 guesses i wouldn't have come up with that <laughs> <laughs> my 13 year old was just like he had to turn his back and he was actually just like oh my god dad what is going on 
I said, wow. what, don't you ever just decide, gosh, I could use an egg right now, <laughs> do the splits in the middle of a crowd, then reach into your backpack and pull out your always-at-hand canned eggs and have a couple <laughs> on a hot day? At the risk of sounding like a millennial, that is the most random thing I have ever heard. Right. Right. We laughed about that the rest of the night. Why the splits? Why do you carry around canned eggs? Where do you get canned eggs? <laughs> so it, it was a, a can? It like was a, a can. A, like you use a can opener or like a pull tabby thing full of eggs? I don't know. What the hell? I don't know how he opened it, but it, I know. I, I, where do you get canned eggs? Do you have to do the splits to enjoy them? Is there something that goes <laughs> along with that? Right, exactly. Then he burst into flame and disappeared. <laughs> there are benches about. You could just sit down over there, dude, like a regular person. Armstrong and Getty. This is the day that we say you're about to open a pit of hell. The Bobcat Obviously, this does not appear to be a nominal situation. Okay. Come on. That was quite entertaining. That was really cool. It, it, it makes no sense. This country is going to be in big trouble. I'm going to call my lawyer. Gun. Armstrong and Getty. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.